0: You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Proverbs 11, verse 30, a familiar verse to all of us. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Our Heavenly Father, we do ask your blessings. I thank you for your people and their faithfulness to be in church a long day, and uh, God, a full busy day today, and yet they're here. And I do ask that Holy Spirit of God, you would use me uh, to be a help to all of us here today. In Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, as we are gearing up to um Missions Conference, uh, the theme so far at uh, the last uh, two Wednesdays has been about missions, and uh, today will be the same uh, because missions is soul winning, amen? Or soul winning is missions, basically, that's what it is. There are two groups of people listening to this message tonight. One is the group of people who have eternal life. That means you place your faith in Jesus Christ alone to get you to heaven. And uh, that group is not trusting their good works or religion or church membership to take them to heaven. Because those things will never get you to heaven. Amen? And there's only one way, and that is Jesus Christ, the Savior. And you can try as, uh, as hard as you can, but you'll never make it to heaven on your own merit. That's why Jesus had to die. I mean, there was no reason uh, other than for, uh, for, for Him to die for our sins that He came here. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. So that's the, there's the group there. And then the other group are those, for whatever reason, uh, do not have the assurance that they are going to heaven when they die. Uh, they're either trusting their religion or good works or perhaps don't even believe in God. Okay? And uh, for those, uh, let me say, perhaps you're listening uh, or watching the service, for those, uh, let me say that uh, the same with us, you can be the same way as well. You can go to heaven also if you would only put your faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, Christians should not ever apologize for offending people for saying that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven because He is the only way to heaven. Okay, And so we should not cower and say, well, you know what, uh, uh, that's what you believe, and I'm glad you believe that way, and you know, maybe God will, uh, God will uh, accept that. No, He won't. There is no other way. And so if a person comes to you and says, you know what? Well, I think, you know, there's many ways. No, there's not. Because if, if there are, then the Bible's not true. And let's go home. Why are we in church? Amen? Um, so, the, uh, we're talking about soul winning tonight. And uh, the greatest work that any Christian can do is that of winning souls to Christ. That work is the heartbeat of the New Testament church. If a church stops getting the gospel out in their area and around the world, all that will be left is a social club. Basically, what you'll have are a group of people coming together for activities and fellowship. If we take out the matter of soul winning and getting the gospel out, that's what we have. You see, uh, a church's greatest commandment is that to go out and tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, uh, I'm talking to the choir, you know, uh, when I I say this, because for the most part, probably all of you here are soul winners. Praise the Lord for that. That's a mark of a great church, amen? You're doing something to get um, the gospel out. But uh, messages sometimes are just given to remind us of what we're supposed to be doing. And perhaps, maybe you're here and you say, you know what? Well, I'm not a soul winner. Maybe it would challenge you, along with all of us, to be more faithful in this area. Every church member should do something for the ministry of their church. There's a job for every one of us to do. We just had a meeting here uh, on a Sunday, uh, Sunday night uh, about the work of the ministry. And the purpose for that was to get us all busy doing something uh, in, in the work of the church here. But the most important ministry in which we are supposed to be involved in is that of getting the gospel out and winning souls to Christ. Uh, I use this illustration. It's not new with me. I, I, I read it somewhere. No, nothing's new with me. Amen? I read it somewhere. <laughs> I, I'm not one of those preachers that's this original with me. No, it's not. Somebody preached that somewhere before. Amen? Moses probably preached that. So I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't even go there. I don't, I don't claim originality because if I read it somewhere, it's not original with me, amen? And so, uh, but I, I liken uh, the ministry of soul winning, uh, the, the duty of soul winning to that of a firehouse, okay? Um, in the firehouse are fire, uh, I guess you can't say firemen nowadays, uh, they're fire people. <laughs> <laughs> There's firemen in the firehouse, all right, Okay, there's firemen in the, fi- in the firehouse. Whether they're men or not, they're still firemen. All right. <laughs> all right, it's not gonna go well. Um, but each fireman, <laughs> that's, that's, right, <laughs> each fireman has her own duties. All right, we're going bad here. Each fireman has her own duties, all right. Uh, so we can satisfy everybody Um, but every firefighter has a specific task in the firehouse somebody's uh, cleaning the machine okay the equipment making sure they're all working as maybe somebody cooks the dinner all right or goes online and orders it for everybody you know uh, there's different responsibilities in the firehouse but when a call comes out that there's a fire guess what they all have one task put out the fire Amen. And all of us as church members, we should all have different tasks in the church. We should all find what God wants us to do and put our hands and labor in the work of the ministry here. But let's not forget, we're supposed to put out the fire. All of us are supposed to put out the fire. You see, and that's, uh, you know, we can have our ministry in the church. But our duty is to go out and tell others or get the gospel out to the lost. Our ministries do not excuse us from the one main task that every Christian should be doing, and that is getting the gospel to the lost. If you're a member of the choir, be the best choir member you can be. Show up for practice. And show up for practice on time. Amen? And practice the song, and, and pray for, about the song, and, and do your best to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. But guess what? As a choir member, you ought to also uh, make an effort to get the gospel out to the uh, uh Being in the choir does not replace our responsibility to get the gospel out. And we can apply that to any ministry here at the church. If you're an usher, be at your post whenever you're on duty. And, uh, and do your, uh, and do your uh, duty well. But you know what? We ought to try to get the gospel out. If you're working the sound, the same thing. If you're working uh, the video ministry, the security ministry, uh, drivers and maintenance, or whatever it is that we do here in the church, be the best you can be doing that ministry, but don't neglect the, one, uh, the most important job for every Christian, and that is to tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. Getting the gospel out is the greatest command given to Christians before our Lord Jesus Christ went back to heaven. It is the hub of all activity that goes on in this church. Everything that is done in the church should have a tie to soul winning. It has to have a purpose of getting the gospel to people. You see, many, many ways to get the gospel out, but everything we do ought to have a connection to soul winning. You see... Uh, the text verse we read right here tells us that a person who is wise wins souls. And a wise person is just so, not somebody who just knows something. A wise person uh, in the Bible is somebody that does what he's supposed to do, what he knows he's supposed to do obedience. So I'll give us several points, and we'll go home. But this is just by way of reminder. And by, again, I'm talking to the world's greatest soul owners. Okay, uh, please don't take it as, man, uh, he's preaching at me. No, I'm preaching at me. Okay, because this is our responsibility, all of us. So let's look at some reason. The Bible says, though he that winneth souls is wise. Why is a soul winner wise? One, because we are obedient to the command of Christ. Matthew 28, verse 18, we know the passage. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. God, Jesus is saying, I have all authority. Not only in heaven. He says, I have all authority on earth. Then he says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So first of all, Jesus says, I have all authority. I guess we can all agree, Jesus has every right to tell us what to do, amen? Okay, I mean, when Jesus uh, commands us to do something, we ought to obey that. And by the way, we all fall short. None of us are perfect, and we all disobey at times. But it's very clear that Jesus is saying, I have all authority. And Jesus has every right to tell us what to do. And in verse 19, he tells his disciples, I want you to go out there and win souls to me. Then in verse 20, he tells uh, those disciples, he says, I want you then to teach your converts to be owners. Why do you think they're sowners today? Because generation after generation after generation after generation since Christ were soul winners, and they taught others to win souls. And guess what? Praise God! The, the, the gospel came to you and me through through whom? Through a soul winner. Mine just happened to be Dr. Curtis Hudson. He preached here uh, 35 years ago on the in the other property. He was winning souls. And pray, man, I'm praise, I, I'm so glad he did, amen. I'm so glad my, my grandmother invited me to church that day. I'm so glad I sat there and listened. I'm so glad I sat there and, and paid attention to the invitation. I'm so glad I'm saved, amen. You see, and so, how did that happen? Soul winning. Generation after generation after generation uh, were soul winners. And we're going to kill this generation if we stop it. We'll not have a church for the next generation. And so uh, uh, the first disciples are supposed to be soul owners. And everyone who got saved after them are supposed to be soul owners. So a soul owners, is wise Because he or she is obedient to God's commands. By the way, all of us can be soul owners. You see, all of us can do something to get the gospel out. And there is no getting around the matter. It's not enough to know that we're saved. We must tell others about God's salvation or we are not obedient. I remember after I got saved... Um, I lived in Salinas, so I, it took me about an hour and a half to go to church. And I went to, I went to church faithfully, actually. I went uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and Brother Jacob, uh, was very gracious during that time, uh, allowed me to uh, uh, take a nap in their house <laughs> in the afternoon so I can be on Sunday night, and go Sunday night, and I uh, go work in the prison uh, su- uh, Sunday, uh, uh, Sunday night, graveyard, and uh, allowed all those prisoners to escape because I was sleeping in the tower. <laughs> Oh, that was the hardest. That, that, that was the hardest shift was Monday morning because I was all in church all day long. I didn't really sleep well, and I, they put me on a tower duty, the most boring job in prison. <laughs> I just sit there with my rifle and revolver and shotgun. Come to think of it, that was good. <laughs> I actually practiced while I was there. i take all the ammo out, and all the, the, um, the guns, and I'd pretend that somebody's escaping. <laughs> Their policy was you have, you're supposed to give them a warning. If they ever try to scale the wall, you're supposed to give them a warning. So I practiced that, no ammo, and I says, stop, boom. <laughs> so, so if my supervisor comes and says, did you give them a warning? Oh, yeah. Half a second before I pulled the trigger. <laughs> I'm sorry, why are we there? <laughs> All right, I'm telling you my sin, my sins in prison. All right, uh, but that was uh, the hardest part. Uh, and I I wanted to go uh, I wanted to go to church, but after a while I kind of um, I said, man, this is getting too hard. And so I went to um, a church in Salinas there uh, for a little bit. And uh, the the church there had a, a, uh, it's not a track rack, but it has booklets, and they had a lot of John R. Rice booklets. So I started reading John R. Rice booklets, and if you know John R. Rice, he has one subject, soul winning. (laughs) So I read that, and I kept reading, I felt so guilty, until I went to the pastor, I said, Pastor, I I do need to go soul winning. i got to do my duty to get others out. My first soul that I led was in Salinas. A man took me to the bad part of town, and uh, we went soul winning right there. People just passing on the street. And I remember leading a Hispanic man to Christ. And they told me how to do the, uh, you know, the plan of salvation, put a number right there in Romans 3, 10, and go number two and, and follow that. And I remember uh, seeing him bow his head and trust Christ as Savior. You see, I couldn't get away with it. I couldn't get away from the conviction that I should be doing something to tell others about Jesus Christ. And so uh, to follow Christ produces a concern for the lost. John chapter 1, if you go there with me, please. Uh, John chapter 1, verse 35. If we're following Christ and truly going where uh, Jesus wants us to go, we can't help but have a concern for the lost. John one thirty five again, the next day after John stood and to of his disciples and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? He saith unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day. For it was about the tenth hour, one of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Here's Andrew following Jesus. And notice what happened. He first findeth his own brother, Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. The day following Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and Philip uh, and saith unto him follow me. Now Philip was of Bethsaida and uh, uh, the city of Andrew and Peter Philip findeth Nathanael. You see you see the connection there? As soon as they're following Jesus they're finding other people to follow Jesus, amen. And uh, and saith unto him we have found him uh, of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write Jesus. Of Nazareth. And Nathan, Nathaniel said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathaniel coming to him and saith unto him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, indeed in whom is no guile. Nathaniel saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. You see, as we follow Christ, we develop a concern for others. And that's exactly what happened to these disciples. There will be a desire to bring others to him when we get to know Jesus more and when we get to fall in love with Jesus more, when we realize what Jesus did for us, the fact that we don't deserve to go to heaven, the fact that we deserve to die and go to hell, the fact that Jesus loved us so much that he died on the cross for our sins. We didn't deserve that. We didn't. Uh, God did not owe that to us, but he did that for us anyway. And the more we fall in love with God, with Christ, guess what? The more we'd want to tell others about our Savior, amen? You see. That's why Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And how, do, how, we, how we develop that love uh, uh, for Jesus, think about how he loves us. We love him because he first loved us. So to follow means to imitate, to walk in his steps. You know, if we had been alive when Jesus was on earth and, and sought to follow him, we would have seen him talk to Nicodemus and tell Nicodemus, you must be born again we would have seen jesus talk talking to a woman taking an adultery and jesus saying neither do i condemn thee go and sin no more we would have seen him with the blind man in chapter 9 uh, he didn't know who he was he says first of all there's a man there's a prophet then realize he was the son of god that he was talking to uh, the Samaritan woman who came to the well to draw water. And God says, you know what? Uh, you can have better water than that, living water. And the woman got saved. It was Zacchaeus as Jesus was walking and stopped deliberately stopped under the sycamore tree where Zacchaeus was uh, 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 perched. And, and, and that day he says, this day is salvation come to this house. The man de- uh, that was demon possessed, we would have seen Jesus heal him. And the man turns out to uh, be clothed and in his right mind, you see. If we read the New Testament and follow where Jesus goes, we'll find that his main work was winning people to himself. To live like a Christian is to live like Jesus, and we can't be like Jesus without telling others the gospel. You know, even at Calvary when Jesus was dying, I I don't think we understand the suffering that Jesus went through on Calvary, on that cross. And yet amidst all that pain, And suffering he could still look to the man on his side and says today thou shalt be with me in paradise he was soul winning right up to his death amen the closer we get to Jesus the more we'll desire to tell others about him so why is it wise to be a soul winner because we're obedient to the man of Christ because the work of the soul winner is eternal you know there's many great jobs in the world and you can help society and be a better place. A fireman, a policeman, teacher, you know, even garbage collectors. We're not looking down on that. Imagine if there were no garbage collectors. How your neighborhood look, amen? No. There's a lot of important jobs. Those are all good things to do, but it never compares to winning a soul to Christ. As a police officer or fireman, you can help uh, uh, save someone for today. But you'll never save them for eternity unless you win their soul to Christ. You see, soul winning is the greatest job because it is the only work that will last forever. Think about this. A person you lead to Christ will never, ever, ever go to the lake of fire. Never. There is no chance they'll ever go to hell. Imagine, that's the best thing you can do for somebody, for anybody, you see. Not everyone we witness to or give a gospel tract to will get saved. But you know what? It means they at least have a choice whether to get saved or not. That's why I'm so thankful for those of you that have been passing out uh, uh, the John and Romans. 87, almost 90,000 now. That's 90,000 homes. You know what you've done? You've given 90,000 opportunities for people to read the gospel. Whether they accept it or not, that's up to them. But you've given them the choice to either accept or or reject. You see, that's all we're supposed to do just get the gospel out. It's up to them whether they believe it or not. Okay? And so, you know, not not everyone we witness to. But soul winning is the only work we can do that lasts forever. I'm not saying you all quit your jobs and be full-time soul winners, though. You know what? If you can swing that, I guess that's good. But whatever your job you have, be a soul winner, amen? Be a soul winning accountant. Be a soul winning manager. Be a soul winning dentist. Be a soul winning realtor. Be a soul winning nurse. Be a soul winning doctor. Be a soul winning uh, assembler, uh, policeman, fireman. Whatever the job is, be a soul winning and then put your job title. Right there. Our secular job should just be a sideline for the greatest job in the world, and that is winning souls to Christ. Our Lord was a carpenter, but He said, I am come to seek and to save that which was lost. His main job was winning souls to Christ. Quickly, number next why so wise? Because of the rewards we will receive. 1 Thessalonians 2, 19, Paul says, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? He says, What's my crown of rejoicing? Then he answers this, It's you that i want to Christ, that Jesus Christ is going to come back when he comes back. With, uh, with, and he'll come back with you. He says, You're my crown of rejoicing. By the way, there's nothing wrong with going for rewards. Amen? I still remember as a young boy, I think I was probably kindergarten or something like that, I won something. (laughs) It was like there was a contest for something and I forgot what it was, but I remember winning something. What a feeling that was. It was a thrill to win something. Well, you know what? The same thing with soul winning. You can have those rewards as well if we just be faithful. Work for the rewards. Why is the soul winner wise? Because God helps the soul winner to live holy lives. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. You know, one side benefit of seeking to obey God in this area of sowing is that God begins to work in our lives so we can be a better testimony for Him. Just go out sowing. That's why a new Christian can go out sowing. All right? And so because God then works in our hearts. To those of us who are saved born again, you have eternal life. May I challenge all of us to be better witnesses for Christ. And again, I'm talking to the choir. We're all doing something for the cause of Christ. And I include myself in that challenge. All of us can do better in this matter of getting the gospel out. You know, it could be as simple as passing out gospel tracts to those who will accept them. You never know what God will do with that. And I've said this before. My grandmother was saved as a result of a missionary lady in the Philippines. Just bought something from their store. The missionary lady gave her a track, my grandmother track. Very simple track. Amen. Basically, just had four verses in it. And my grandmother, she, the, the store was not busy at that time. She just sat there and read the track. And that day, she trusted Christ as Savior. And her life was never the same again after that. Many of her family members were saved. I was one of them because of her influence. see, but you know what? She never never found out who that missionary was. But I, I, I imagine in my mind, when she went to heaven, I imagine that maybe Jesus says, you know, Flora, I have someone I want you to meet. And my my Savior took my Lola's hand and says, this is Mrs. So-and-so. And And my Lola would say, who is Mrs. So-and-so? Remember that day you asked me to be your Savior. She gave you the track. God bless you. Amen. Say, you believe that? Yeah, I do. I believe that. I know she met her. She didn't meet her again in this life, but I guarantee you, right there in heaven, she met the one who gave her a track. You know, giving out a track, you never know what got. 87,000 John and Romans. All the hundreds and thousands of tracks you teenagers have been given out. You just don't know. Could, won't it be something in heaven? Uh-huh. When we get there, after the rapture, Jesus comes and say, hey, I want you to meet somebody. He says, this is so-and-so. Lord, who's so-and-so? Don't you remember that track you put in Amen. the door? He said, nobody was home, but you left it there anyway. Well, George here, when he got home, took that track. And start reading it. And that day trusted Christ, a Savior. Amen. Never made it to church, but on that day he trusted Christ. Can that happen? Absolutely. I think there's just so many stories we're going to see and hear in heaven. And so many people that Jesus is going to introduce us to. And all because you gave out the gospel. The main task of a Christian is to win souls to Christ. Let's just be faithful. That's what Missions Conference is all about. We should be soul winners here and around the world. That's why we give to missions. Because there are others going out on our behalf around the world doing the same thing. What is missions? Missions is soul winning. That's all it is. Aren't you glad the gospel came to you? How the gospel came come to you? Through a missionary, a sowing. Let's do the same for others. Thank you for listening to the Audio Preaching Podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us,